What Works. You're listening to the What Works Podcast, brought to you by SAID Alumni. Sponsored by More Investment Management and TD Malosh Monix Insurance. I would always, always negotiate something because that's what they're expecting. You've gone through the interview, you've followed up, and now you wait. Maybe you're applying for other jobs and getting other interviews, but what comes next is either going to be an offer or a pass. Whichever it is, how you handle that has opportunities attached to it and is a chance to grow. From the alumni team here at SAIT, I'm your host and fellow SAIT grad, Alyssa Athanasopoulos. Welcome to the What Works podcast. On this episode, we cover how to request interview feedback, how not to take rejection personally, and tips for negotiating for when that offer does come through. I'm excited to introduce Sarah Struthers. Sarah is the Manager of Talent Services and Industry Engagement with SAIT's Center for Continuing Education and Professional Studies. Here, she works closely with individuals who come through SAIT's Continuing Education programs and helps match grads with new career opportunities. Before joining SAIT, she spent several years in the recruitment space and is passionate about helping people realize their value and worth. Okay, so I want to start by talking about the thanks but no thanks email we've all received or will receive throughout our career journeys. I know for me, I'm really hard on myself and will often just assume where I went wrong in an interview, but I'm curious how you've handled rejection in the past. Well, Alyssa, if you're looking for work, expect it. You are definitely going to get the thanks but no thanks email And if you're further along in the interview process, you should be getting the thanks but no thanks phone call. I tell people not to take it personally, and it's super hard not to take it personally, especially when you're trying to pivot or you're just starting out in your career and it's your first job and you've sent out so many different resumes over and over again. It's really, really tough, but it's to be expected. And it's just the way it is. So you really just have to pull yourself up and start applying again and just know that this is the way it's going to be. And should we be asking for feedback? And then how would we go about making that request? If it's an email and there's two types of emails. So one, there's that standard email that you get that everybody gets and it's computer generated. You will not get feedback. But if it's um, from the hiring manager or from the recruiter and it's more personalized, then yes, I think it's it's a great uh, chance for you to learn and grow. And it's an opportunity to say thank you because you never want to burn a bridge. You have no idea what opportunities may lie six months from now or a year from now. And Calgary is a really small city. And so this hiring manager might be working for another company that you're applying to five years from now. So it's always important to say thank you. Um, thanks for the feedback. Thanks for the opportunity. And then it's it's okay to ask, would you have maybe uh, be open to a 10, 15 minute conversation just so I can learn where I can improve if you can provide me with some feedback. But sometimes it's nothing that you did. In many times, it's just about a fit. There could be a candidate that has a little bit more experience in one specific aspect of the job that they're looking for. A lot of times it has nothing to do with you at all. And it's just really, like I said, about that fit. But it's okay to hear about it. It's okay to ask for it. And um, yeah, and it's always okay to, to send that email. Part two to that question, what do we do when we do receive that feedback? You use it. <laughs> you use it to your advantage. If it's sometimes you're nervous, right? And especially when you're fresh out of, of state and it's the first time you're looking for a real job, 
But honestly, you could be a career person and pivoting. You're going to be nervous or you could be someone who's on their fifth job and you're still nervous. Like who among us isn't nervous when you're doing um, a job interview? Mm -hmm. But one of the things is sometimes when you when people are nervous, they clamp up and it's hard to think. So um, if that's the case, then what I do is practice your interview skills. So you can Google online, depending on the kind of job that you're applying to, different kinds of um, interview type questions, and then have a star answer. So it's really like situational, set the situation. What was it involved? What were the aspects that you did? What were the outcomes that happened? And what were the results? So as long as you have a clear answer that I think is really going to help you too. Where I see people and I've gone, I've interviewed, I don't even know how many, thousands of people. And the where I find people mess up the most is A, they're not prepared or B, they get nervous and their answers go off on tangents. So it's very important to use some kind of a method and have some answers ready for you. You can bring a notebook with you. You can jot some ideas down. That's perfectly fine. Um, but just make sure you have a start and an end and it's concise and you have something you can you can answer. And I think do better than what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but that is basically what is going to what, what you need to do in an interview. If you were to give a pep talk to someone who's received multiple rejections, what would you say? I do this all the time. <laughs> this is something that I do on a weekly basis. And I just say the same thing. I'm like, it's not you. It is about a fit. It's really tough. Sometimes people will send out multiple resumes. And let's be honest, if you're doing it properly, where you're modifying your resume for every job that you're applying to, it could be a couple of hours for every job that you're applying to. It's a lot of work. So people are really, really invested and you're not getting any hits. That's tough. But it's the ATS system. So it's not even a human that's looking at your your resume and rejecting you. It's a machine. Mm-hmm. So there's things that you can do if you're if that's what's happening. You might ask someone to take another set of eyes. There is something called jobscan.ca where you can upload your resume and upload the job that you're applying to, and it will scan like an ATS system and pull out words that you might be missing that you can add to your resume that will help you, like we say, beat the bot. Um, So there's some tools that you can use in that case. But also you have to know that about 70% of the jobs that are out there is filled through some kind of networking. So networking is going to be really key. So it could be that they put it out there. If it's, um, let's say it's the city of Calgary and or state, because we're in a union environment, you may have an internal candidate, but you still have to put the job posting out there anyway, Mm -hmm. just to... Be fair and make sure that there's nobody out there that's that has similar skill sets that they're looking for. But you just don't know what's going on in the back end. And you have no choice. The companies have no choice. They have to post those jobs as well. So there's so much happening that you're not aware of. So you just have to keep plugging away. If you're using the tools that are out there and it's saying that your resume is right and you're not getting an answer back, like I said earlier, has nothing to do with you. They may have a referral of five people that they're going through as well. So it's just, just keep doing it because it will happen and it's just not giving up and understanding your value. Know that you have skills, that you've done some amazing thing and you have accomplishments 
and believe in yourself and keep plugging away. And I really like that job scanner suggestion because it sounds like you can do it in a pinch because we do have career advancement services and they do offer those resume review services as well. But like I said, if you're in a pinch, it sounds like you could just kind of get that done right away. You can, but the career services here is fantastic. Aaron's team is amazing. And so that's another set of eyes I would ask. So, and they're open. If you're alumni, they're open for you to meet them and, and book a meeting with them and have them take a look at your resume and get some feedback too. If you're fresh out of state and you've just graduated, I highly recommend you reaching out to that team and they will definitely be able to help you. Sometimes it's just the way you structure. Sometimes it's you just don't have enough skills on your resume. You have them, but you don't put them on your resume. People, when they think of skills, they just think of hard skills. But soft skills are vital when you're looking for a job. And if you don't have certain soft skills on your resume, depending on the job description, you won't get a callback because that word isn't in your resume and the, the ATS system isn't going to pick it out. To your point, I would highly reach out to Aaron Boyle's team and, um, yeah, and, and just keep use the tools that are out there and just know that you acquired the skills that you need and that you have some amazing accomplishments and the right fit will happen for you. And so while rejection can mess with your sense of self-worth, remembering that you made it this far along in the process probably means that you're closer to receiving an offer than you think. So when an offer or maybe a few different offers come through, what types of things should we be considering before accepting? It really depends on where you're at in your journey. If you're a new grad, I think there's not always going to be a chance to negotiate because you're starting at a junior position. However, it doesn't hurt. So when you receive your job offer, I think even before you have to have an idea of what your bottom line is, what salary will you not go below, which is tough for people who are first breaking into the industries because you don't know what that looks like. And Glassdoor is a, is a place you can go to get some ideas what some salaries are, but they're not always accurate. So one of the things I suggest is you chat with people who are in the industry and find out what the salary like range is for a junior starting out. And the same, as you grow into your career, the salaries are obviously going to rise with your growth. But there are other tools. You can go to staffing agencies, have something called salary guides. Randstad is an amazing one. They have one where it's broken down per city. It's broken down per job title and per industry. So you could be, you know, a warehouse worker and they'll tell you what your salary expectations are for a junior and you have a different range. So it could be if you're working outside of the city core, this is what you can expect Within the city core, this is what you can expect. So because it changes, you know, the salary in Calgary and the salary in Red Deer is completely different. Mm -hmm. So reach out to agencies. Sometimes once it's past January, they often have it already on their website. So you can just download the salary guide and it's accurate. So it will give you your junior level, intermediate level and senior level what it is across Calgary, across Canada. Go in knowing where your salary should align Quite honestly, if you're a junior, it's going to fit. They know what the salary is. They know what the market is paying and they're going to pay within there. And you don't have enough experience to leverage to ask for more. But it doesn't hurt to ask because, you know, you can call them up and say, thanks very much for my job offer. I'm really excited to get started and make sure you're coming in with positives. I'll take a look at my offer. And if I have any questions, I'll reach out to you. 
Once you have a chance to take a look at it and you want to see if there's any wriggle room, you can just reach out back and like, hey, thanks very much. Is there any room for movement? I was expecting a little bit more in my salary and is there any any room to move or in my um, in my vacation pay? They may say no, but and if you're okay with that salary, that's awesome. But just go in with knowledge. As you grow, you can use your past experience. So I would always, always negotiate something because that's what they're expecting. So the salary could be in line with what you're looking for. Always ask for a little bit more. It doesn't hurt. It's not going to be, we're not talking like $10,000. We might be talking $2,000 annually, but it's something. You could also look at the whole package. Maybe they can't move on salary, but they can give you an extra week of vacation. So really understand what you're looking for and don't just focus on the salary piece. Maybe benefits can start right away instead of three months or six months after you start. So there's always ways to give back and companies are expecting it. So it's okay. Like, don't worry about asking for a little bit more. That's good advice, because I don't think a lot of people are aware of that. Is there a formula or suggestions that you have for negotiating effectively? People are nervous, but honestly, it's expected. And you're always nervous when it's your first job because you're scared that they might pull the offer. They're not going to pull the offer, but it has to be reasonable, right? But uh, on a caveat for that too, if you're going into a union job, there's no room for negotiations. The union has basically negotiated your pay for you and it's all laid out. So if it's a union opportunity, there is absolutely, and it doesn't matter what level you are, the package is the package. I just go with what I feel is right for me and what works for my family. So, you know, when you first start on this journey, when you're applying to jobs, have an idea in your head what you're looking for. And it's your bare minimum. And if they go below that, you have to be willing to walk away. And that's how you do it. Like, it, And that might be the case. But if that's the case, it wasn't the right fit for you. So you have to know that too. And that's understanding your value. Like this is what is my bare minimum for me and my family or just me. But I will not go below this and stick to your guns for that. And then there's also other things to consider. So like if you're getting a few different offers and they're all relatively similar in range, perks, benefits, all that sort of stuff, you're probably going to want to look at some other things like culture, for example. When you're in the interview process, a company is not just interviewing you, you're interviewing them. So it's the kind of questions that you're asking during the interview sessions to find out what kind of culture they have. And it's reaching out to people that worked for them too on LinkedIn. You know, you could ask, why is this position open? Is it growth? Has people been leaving? Then there's kind of red flags. But if it's growth, then that's awesome. And you're like, oh, there might be opportunity for growth for me too. And those are type of the questions you ask in an interview. What is the opportunity for growth here? How often are there promotions and things like that? Do you offer learning opportunities? What kind of things do you do as a company? What kind of events do you guys do together? And things like that, just to make sure that you have a good fit. It's kind of hard to get that information from a private company, but public companies, there's so much information out there and they all have LinkedIn and they all have Instagram and they're always putting their best foot forward, but go on their website. If it's a publicly traded company, they have their financial documents and you can see how well the company's doing. You can see if there's been growth. You can see if there's been a lot of people leaving the company and it gives you kind of a sense of what's going on inside as well. And if there's one thing you want listeners to take away from today's discussion, what would it be? 
Actually, there's two things, but one I haven't really touched on. But the first one is to know that it's not you. Like everyone, we've all been rejected for jobs, jobs that you felt like you should have had that would be so perfect for you. But the reality is it wasn't going to be perfect for you. I almost tell people it's like when you're looking to buy your very first home and you put in multiple offers and you never get it. And then you finally get an offer that's accepted. And that is actually the perfect home for you. That was the home that was always meant for you. And this is the same for a job. And it's all about fit. A company knows what they're looking for. And you don't really know, based on a job description, what they're really looking for in terms of cultural fit. So understand that if you're going in with that mindset, the rejection's not so hard. And know that you have value. And remind yourself of the skills that you've had and how far you've come and what you've done. It's not easy getting a diploma from SAID. It's not easy, you know, starting from scratch. If you're pivoting and you've been working in a career and then you're 40 and you've decided to pivot into a new one, none of that is easy. All of your history has value. All of your skills matter. And you will find that company that sees it. When that happens, it's going to be the right fit for both of you. And then networking, because that's how you meet people and that's how you figure out of what companies are looking for. And that's how you get those 70% of jobs that are from referrals. So network, network, network. I can't stress that more. Join associations. If you're an AIM graduate, there are associations for admins and they do events that invite employers in and it gives you a chance to meet different employers and meet different admins and understand what's going on in the industry medical office assistant same thing they have associations if you're in the tech in the trades they have associations join different associations so you can meet different people learn about what's going on in your industry and that's how you're going to make find a job you never know like it could be at one of those events Tiana Henderson graduated from the Bachelor of Business Administration degree in 2022 and is currently a talent acquisition coordinator at Neo Financial. Being on the hiring side professionally, she shares some insider info from a recruiter's perspective with her fellow alumni. Honestly, I would probably just say doing a lot of research on what kind of company you want to work for and then just connecting with the recruiters on LinkedIn and reaching out and saying, hey, I'm actually really interested in learning a little bit more about, you know, your company and what kind of roles you have. I mean, we get a lot of those a day, but perhaps, and that's kind of leads to, um, you know, the hiring managers. Maybe the hiring managers don't. Like recruiters get a lot of emails and a lot of things, but hiring managers maybe don't. And so getting in with the actual people, is really important. And then honestly, I wouldn't even just approach it as like, hey, give me a job, because again, that's not going to get you a job. <laughs> Poaching it as, hey, I'd love to know more. Or, you know, like as myself, like I'm a young HR professional and hey, recruiters are also HR professionals. So kind of posing it that way of like getting to know what the industry looks like and what your career path is. Um, I think it's just all about how you pose it. And when it comes to negotiating an offer, Tiana recommends making sure you back up your expectations with solid research. Have the mindset of, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. I know it's kind of daunting and you maybe don't feel like you, that's your place, especially as your first, you know, real job. But it doesn't hurt to ask. I really recommend doing market research on what you're valued. And so, you know, looking at, hey, what does a recruitment coordinator make? And kind of seeing, oh, is this kind of on average? Is this low? Is this high? 
then you can go in with solid expectations and also knowing your worth, right? You don't want to take a job that is, you know, below what you feel comfortable taking. Um, And there's actually kind of a, a margin that companies have that they're willing to negotiate. And there's also other things that, you know, other than comp that you can negotiate, like benefits or vacation. I think that that's something that is often overlooked. As Sarah mentioned earlier, rejection is to be expected in the career search process. And when the right opportunity comes along and you receive that offer in writing, don't be afraid to negotiate. Whether that's through compensation, benefits, or time off, it doesn't hurt to ask. If you need support at any point during this process, remember that our friends in Career Advancement Services are here to help. Whether that's to review your resume, conduct a mock interview, or support you in your job search. Be sure to connect with them through My Career Hub, which I'll leave a link to in the show notes. As always, thank you so much for listening. My name is Alyssa Athanasopoulos, and this is the What Works podcast, brought to you by SAID Alumni. We look forward to connecting with you soon. Connect with the SAID Alumni family. Visit SAID.ca slash alumni for information on exclusive perks, events, contests, and volunteer opportunities.